Your Locked On Canucks, your daily podcast on the Vancouver Canucks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, welcome to today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And thank you for making Locked On Canucks your first listen of the day. My name is Nick Bondi. You can follow me on Twitter at Nick Bondi. Uh, you can find my bylines previously at Daily Hive and Next Misconduct. I'm here with Lachlan Irvin. You can follow me on Twitter at Lachlan the Crease. He's a Botchford Project alum. Lachlan, how are you doing today? Doing good. Uh, getting close to the weekend. One last preseason game tomorrow. Long weekend. Long weekend. That's right. Canadian Thanksgiving. The, uh, the best got, type of long, the best type of weekend. The best type of weekend for sure. Uh, it, you know what? No, the best type of weekend is when uh, one holiday lines up in the first week or something, or one like day off scheduled like for the Friday, and then you get the Monday off too. For yeah, the super long thing. weekend. The super long weekend. Those are the oh, those are the best. Um, yeah, we got one last game. We got one last game with the Oilers, uh, after, you know, they played last night, uh, kind of an interesting game and, uh, pretty close to uh, under about a week. I think we're just officially a week out from the, the regular season now. Yeah. The regular season starts, uh, next Wednesday against the Edmonton Oilers who the Vancouver Canucks, <laughs> yeah, who the Vancouver Canucks played, uh, last night in preseason action, obviously the second to last preseason game for the Vancouver Canucks. One more left against the Edmonton Oilers once again this time in Vancouver on Saturday and it's almost over Lachlan the slog of the preseason it, it's almost over We're finally so close to actual you know meaningful hockey I, I, I can't wait but first you know let, let's talk about a bit about what happened last night against Oilers in in preseason action uh they lost obviously it was uh it was a pretty much a, a power play penalty kill fest for both teams like the Oilers had a ton of of power plays. The Canucks had their fair share of power plays as well. I saw a stat on Twitter and my apologies for uh, not saving the tweet and uh, not crediting them. But I think 30 plus shots in the game were taking, were taken on the man advantage last night. Like it was a lot of power plays for, for both teams. And uh, obviously the, the Oilers had a couple of five on threes as well. And um, I'm starting to worry if, if discipline is a problem for this Vancouver Canucks team, this is the second straight game where the Canucks have taken a ton of penalties and spent a lot of time uh, on the penalty kill. Now, of course, maybe that's just, you know, the preseason rust they got to work out. Maybe the refs are, you know, calling, you know, we've, we've heard a lot and we've talked about on this show, the emphasis on cross-checking that uh, the refs are uh, putting uh, emphasis on in the preseason. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's a bit of preseason rust. I don't know, but I, I'm starting to some, I know it's just preseason, but it's close enough to the regular season where I think, I can start to worry a bit about the discipline uh, of this hockey team. Um, Lachlan, what, what were your thoughts on last night's preseason game against the Oilers? Well, yeah, I think you said it. I think discipline is a bit of an issue for the Canucks. It has been for a while now. They're often end up with a, quite a few penalty minutes uh, on the books. The 2019-20 season was, I think, one of their like few years where they have where they'd been relatively disciplined they hadn't been taking nearly as many penalties uh and honestly that's what happens in a way that part of that is what happens when your team is saying not as fast as the other team or you're not able to keep up with the play on another uh with another group because if you're always you're always trailing you're always tracking trying to track down other players you're always having to try and take penalties to try and slow them down and uh obviously with a team that has Connor mcdavid on it 
they're going to be a pretty quick, a pretty quick, high, uh, fast-paced team. So the and the Canucks just aren't there yet. They're getting better. Like they're clearly making moves to get a little bit younger, a little bit faster. Um, but it's still kind of it's still missing in a few places. And you see that when you see a lot of penalties, like in this game tonight. Now, part of that again was also due to the fact that yeah, preseason also refs uh, cracking down on things like cross checks and a few other things. It also has to do with uh, Mike Smith being Mike Smith and losing his mind on Man, that guy's so thing. dramatic. It's him it's, and uh, I forgot him and watching Jonathan that game. Quick. How annoying Mike Smith is to watch sometimes. Hit- I, I I enjoy Mike Smith on a uh, on an entertainment. Uh, well, that's because uh, you're a goalie. Basis, but, you probably uh, you probably yeah. like that stuff. Oh, well, no, nah, I'm not. See, here's the thing: as a goaltender, I've never been like the big like oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start throwing like punches or being like super you're like not super a flopper aggressive. in that. No, I was much more like Luongo. I kept it even keeled. I was very unless unless Dustin Bufflin got in my face. That then I lost it. But that's different. That's a little different story. Um, it's it's uh, yeah my and yeah it's yeah it was definitely like a weird game, especially from two groups who are normally not the most feisty playing against one another. Like there, it's usually a lot less contentious, but uh, for some reason, people were just uh, uh, very upset <laughs> the entire time. A lot of people fighting for roster spots still. Uh, I guess trying to make an impression, uh, no matter what that impression really was. And, um, yeah, it ended up turning into a whole power profess, which, uh, if we want to talk about, uh, penalty killing, uh, for the Canucks, uh, I think their best penalty killer in that game for large portions was, uh, Yaroslav Volak. He did, yeah. he did, he did well. I think he looked a little bit, he looked a little slow in the early going. He looked like he was having a little bit of t- hard time tracking the puck, uh, especially with his glove hand. It was looking a little bit, it was looking a little bit slow at times to react. Uh, but as the game went on, he looked a lot faster. He stopped multiple breakaway or like odd man rush opportunities in close. He he did as good a job holding the Canucks in that game as you could ask for him from him, especially considering that he faced 42 shots. So it was a it was a good effort from Halak. And as far as like that, the backup role is concerned, if that's the kind of uh, if that's the kind of performances you can expect from Yara Halak, I think you're pretty comfortable with where the Canucks are at goaltending wise. Yeah, Halak was definitely one of the the best players for the Vancouver Canucks last night, and it looked like it may have, it may get out of hand early when uh, Drysdale scored on that five on three. I was thinking, oh boy, this is going to be a, a long night for the Canucks. But credit to them, they they found a way to to get back in the game. Obviously, you know, it's still it's still lost, but I I think you know if they if they clean up their discipline issue, I think this this team has a potential because you're not going to win many games if you're killing penalties constantly especially if you're the vancouver cast they just don't have that penalty killing death you, you, I, I tweeted this out on the uh on the thursday game but it's applicable to this game i'm sure travis green in the back of his mind was like awesome you know we got a lot of penalty kills get it all out of your system now in the preseason i can figure out who the best penalty killers are and we can move from there in the regular season right so yeah no the penalty killing was for the most part i guess you know okay like obviously they've got a they got tons of chances on, on the penalty kill, but they kind of they they stemmed the tide and, and they held the fort down uh, somewhat. I found it interesting right off the hop that, uh, and we're going to talk about our favorite uh, defensive pairings or our ideal defensive pairings a bit later, and we'll talk about this guy uh, a bit later because he it was his first game. Quinn Hughes. Uh, I, I found it interesting right off the top. Uh, Hughes was playing with Tucker Pullman, but they were getting hard matched against. Connor McDavid like Travis Green did not want Quinn Hughes playing against Connor McDavid 
what now now do you think that to do with hughes uh so much as it was maybe say like also like tucker pullman not wanting tucker pullman matched up against mcdavid because he's not a probably quick both. guy like he's not probably quick both it's probably a little bit of both i think particularly because i think in the regular season hughes would be playing against mcdavid or he might be hard matched against mcdavid or at least a second line of like a second third line kind of thing um but uh, I think right now it's look, it's his first preseason game. He hasn't played in quite in a while. Uh, no reason to give him the hard minutes right out of the gate. Ease him in. It's there's a bunch of other there's a bunch of just uh, maybe not just as good, but like very good of good Oilers forwards on other on the second line and the third line that you could give Hughes a little bit of an easier matchup with not have to worry so much about, you know, you don't have to worry about results here. It's just about easing him back into NHL action and frankly that's fine like it, it maybe that's a that's a that's a bigger talking point yeah if we're in the regular season and we're seeing him like being taken immediately off the ice every time McDavid steps on the ice you're kind of maybe then we have questions but for now like it's okay it's, he's just working on it I think Pullman's probably not going to be uh playing a lot of hard minutes against McDavid in general I think he's probably going to be on your second third pairing regardless and usually that's gonna they're going to maybe some they're going to more likely throw somebody like I don't like probably like an OEL out there against uh against McDavid uh or Tyler Myers probably cuz he's got the reach. Um it's going to it's going to be something like that I think uh, when you get to the regular season. Mm-hmm. And, and of course from last night's game we'd be remiss if uh, we didn't talk about the Zach McEwen Zach Cassian fight right near the end uh scary situation with Zach Cassian looks like he he was out on the ice for a uh, quite quite a while but he managed to get up under his own power, which was great to see. Now, now look, look, Lachlan, I don't mind fighting in hockey when it when it's a heat of the moment thing, okay? Like when two guys are battling in the corner and then they start fighting, you know, sometimes that happens. I don't mind that. What I don't like is the stage fighting type of situation we saw last night, right? Where two guys just drop the gloves right off the face-off. I, I don't like that. And especially in a preseason game, right? Like wh- why are we fighting in a preseason game? I, I don't yeah. get that at all. I get I get it was probably due to uh, the incident with Mike Smith uh, a few minutes earlier. I'm sure Zach Haston maybe is doing a guy like Zach McEwen a favor, fighting him in uh, in preseason to help him win a roster spot, right? You know, that that uh, that kind of I'll scratch your back if you scratch mine type situation. Call me a Neanderthal. I don't mind fighting in hockey in certain situations. What I don't like is staged fights like that right off a of face off right i think i think we can we can move past that in hockey yeah that that has to go like that should have like that should have been that part the stage fighting should have been gone a long time ago it's it it never it never does what it's supposed to like the idea is oh it's supposed to deter or whatever it never does that it just causes more issues it causes harm to the players who who take part in it i think a lot of the time like we saw with cassian last night like it, it's it's such a it's such an needless such a needless um reason to go and start like throw to drop the gloves and start like punching each other like we've especially with what we know now about cte and everything and concussions especially to play to guys who are enforcers in the nhl like i like and personally i'm not a huge fan of fighting in general i've never been that kind of i've never been a big like fighter guy i kind of think like yeah it's i'm maybe that's because i'm smaller and never wanted to get into a fight in the first place you were also a goalie i was also a goalie 
But, uh, you know, but like, I also understand the heat of the moment aspect of things. Like you see it in other sports too, where heat of the moment, something goes off. Like that's one thing it's this, the stuff that happened, the Cassian McEwen fight was so needless. It was so pointless. And yeah, it was the preseason. Like there was absolutely nothing on the line. There was no reason to do that. And, uh, you know, you talk about McEwen. We talked about McEwen yesterday when we talked when we were talking about like Jonah Gadjevich and like you know why why wasn't McEwen maybe why wasn't McEwen on the chopping block first? And then you look at stuff like last night where he had nine min nine and a half minutes of ice time. Technically, only about if you actually chop down his special teams time, only about six in five v five, and he had nine penalty minutes in that time. So he took he took the he completely canceled out most of the time he was on the ice by getting himself thrown into the box or getting himself kicked out of the game for fighting. And that's the kind of stuff that like, maybe like I get that some coaches look really like highly on the, Oh, I, I can win a roster spot. Like guys can win a roster spot by being aggressive and fighting sort of thing. I don't see how you're helping your team by getting yourself thrown out of a game. I just don't for uh, on a needless fight. I don't see how that's a, how that helps you in any way. Yeah, and uh, with Zach McEwen, you know, being on the bubble for a roster spot, does this help him win a roster spot? I I, I don't know. Again, it comes down to how much Travis Green uh, values those old school, you know, fighting type players and that type of mentality. You know, the Canucks have never really had a a true enforcer under Zach McEwen, so uh, under Travis Green. So if Zach McEwen is trying to become an enforcer type, uh, I I don't know if he's going to win a roster spot in, in general. Yeah, Derek Dorsett might count. Do we count Derek Dorsett here, like for the the two years that he was healthy? Because he he fought a lot, I think. Well, yeah. Well, I'm talking in Travis Green's time. I uh, mean, okay. like, yeah. So under Travis Green, have they really had that in like Derek Dorsett enforcer type? I, I don't, I don't think so. Like they've never That's really right. had that. Type oh of yeah, because Dorsett played only under Willie Desjardins. Yeah, and those these those two the, the Jim Benning era is just blended together. For well, me. he's been he's been here a while at this point. It's coming he's up been, eight years. It's coming second up eight longest, years in April. Second longest tenured GM in Canucks history, only to Pat Quinn, I believe, uh, yep. which is shocking when you look at the results. Um, but yeah, it's. I think I think Travis Green is a more nuanced coach than than that. I think he like you know he used to be a bit of a like you know a, a, of a tough guy himself when he played in the NHL. But I also think he, I think he understands that if you're gonna be like you know if you're gonna be the guy that gets that's gritty and 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 uh gets in into fights and scraps and whatnot you still have to be part of the uh, the solution on offense and a guy like zach McEwen right now doesn't scream that especially considering you know last night he had no shots on goal he didn't have a single shot on net in the nine minutes he played and including two including two minutes in power play time so like you know, I think I think Travis Green is a as a smart guy when it comes to that stuff. I think he knows that he can place guys who are maybe there to be a bit on the rougher on the rougher side, as long as they're not a minus when it comes to trying to actually put the puck in the net. Yeah, and one thing I think Travis Green has a lot of decisions to make surrounding is the defense pairings, and we'll get to that in just a moment. But first, a word from Get Upside. Hey, Canucks fans, this is. Nick, with an incredible app, everyone who buys gas needs to know about GetUpside. My listeners are making up to $0.25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code HOCKEY to get a bonus $0.25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. That's up to $0.50 cents cash back. 
Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using GetUpside. Just download the app for free and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no cash. The cash back gets added right away to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card from Amazon, and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code HOCKEY to get up to 50%, 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code HOCKEY. All right, Lachlan, so... The Canucks have a decisions or decisions to make uh, surrounding the defense pairing because, you know, with Travis Hamannick still not here, I think that the pairings are still up in the air. Uh, obviously, we mentioned a, a bit earlier that uh, Hughes was playing with Tucker Pullman last night in a preseason game against Oilers. I ran into that a, a bunch. Uh, you know, we still have, but we still have a, a tons of decisions. Like, who, are we going to have an OEL Myers pairing? I don't think that's a long-term solution for the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, who's Rathbone going to uh, play with on that third pairing? Because I pencil him in on that third pairing left side. His his uh, partner on the right side, totally up in the air in my opinion. So, I mean, Lachlan, what are you thinking here for the defense pairings heading into the I regular mean, season? I mean, I'll say this. I would love to see OEL Myers for a short time. Like, not necessarily. Be a big, it'll be a good chaos pairing. Yes, it would be. Abs- it would be, if you're just want if you're if Travis Green wants to appease himself to the meme people on Canucks Twitter or the people that just cheer for chaos, he'll just put Oliver Ekman Larson and Tyler Myers together. I like I like chaos as much as the next person, Lachlan, but I want to see wins. I don't know you if we're see seeing wins. wins okay. with, I, okay. I don't want to. I don't know if we'll see that yeah. with OEL and Myers playing. Yeah, together. look, I I've been referring to OE, the OEL Myers pairing for a while as the black hole pairing because I feel like that's just where all all defensive prowess goes to die in the void. So maybe that's probably not the best call to put them together. I think Myers right now. I think Myers is probably on the the inside track to maybe end up with Quinn Hughes simply because. I don't think they're a great fit together long-term either. Uh, but I think that the way the Canucks are going to look at it, they want a they want a veteran defenseman alongside Hughes. No ha- Travis Hamnick means that they kind of have to go to the next man up. And Tyler Myers is kind of that. There, You could maybe, if Luke Shen had had a much better preseason, uh, I think it, that might have been his spot, at least for the short term, until maybe they can find a better, a more suitable replacement. Right now, I think he's lost that opportunity. And I think right now, I think very, I think it's going to go to Myers. Now, the one thing that you have to also factor in with Myers is can the Canucks get him to, I guess, be a little bit more defensively cautious or conscience, conscience, conscience. Why am I having trouble with that word today? Um, (laughs) You know, it's, he's just got to be able to make sure that he knows that when he's on the ice with Quinn Hughes, he can't be the guy who makes the, who makes the step into the zone to try and like uh, make a quick yeah. scoring chance. He has to know that the guy across the ice from him is much better at that and is going to do and is going to have a, a much faster, quicker lane to that net than he is. It's that it, it's very much the, you can be, you can basically be the guy who in uh, basketball games, who uh, like the Laker, the Lakers guy who passes, whose job is to just pass the ball to LeBron. That's all you got to do. And you just rack up the assists the entire time because you know he's just going to score. You just throw it to him. That's what Tyler Myers can could become is just the guy who's like, all right, every time I get the puck, it's going right to Quinn Hughes or Elias <laughs> Pettersson, and I'm going to get 50 assists a year. 
if he can do that, that's that's a perfect fit. Yeah, it's like uh, it's like that Will Ferrell movie. Pass it to the Italians. Like I said, pass it to Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson. That should be the game plan for Tyler Myers when he's on, if he does play that first pairing, right? Yeah, it, yes, exactly. I think I don't know enough about Pullman, Tucker Pullman, I guess, to necessarily warrant it to see if he's like a long-term fit there. Well, he I looks like a pretty decent skater, so at least he can keep up with Quinn Hughes. He can keep up a bit. I think I'd like to see what is like, uh, and I guess, yeah, like his, we talked about it last episode, his shot's not the best. So, and, but if he's playing with Quinn Hughes, it doesn't need to be, you don't need to be a great shooter. You just need to be able to move the puck. Uh, it's really, it does come down to who's going to be the best facilitator who can, who is willing to say, put their own goal scoring as, uh, expectations, uh, aside for the bet for the, for instead of, and moving the puck over to Hughes or to, uh, whoever the forwards are, because if you can find that guy, you can find that guy who's willing to be that defensive back and be the safety net. Uh, in case something goes wrong, that's what you're looking for. Maybe Pullman's that guy. Maybe it's worth trying the thing you don't know versus what you've already tried with Myers. Um, but it's uh, it's going to be he it, whoever Hughes gets paired with. That's going to be the most I think the most interesting pair just in the early going because I think the other spots are a little bit more. Ah, you can you can fit guys wherever Hughes. You need an absolutely bona fide partner for. You need to have a guy who can fit there long term. Yeah, and you know, I think a lot of people pencil in Tucker Pullman for that second pairing uh, with OEL at the beginning of training camp, and they did play a lot together. But you know, last night him uh, playing with uh, Quinn Hughes, him being uh, Tucker Pullman, it was just interesting to me because maybe that's a new pairing. But I still think Tucker Pullman, yeah, is going to be playing with uh, OEL. I think a, a dark horse in this whole situation is Brad Hunt. All right, this is I think a lot of people expect him to be. You know, a depth signing for Abbotsford when he signed, but this guy has not played in the AHL since 2017. Go look at his hockey DB. He has not played in the AHL since 2017, so it's not automatic. This guy is going to be sent down and be playing a ton of minutes for Abbotsford, right? He could be that seventh defenseman in in the Canucks uh, in the press box. So I think you know if Travis Green gets over his phobia of having you know defensemen playing on the wrong side, you know he likes to have left-handed defensemen on the left side, right-handed defensemen on the right side. If he gets over his phobia of, you know, playing left-handed defenseman on the right side, then maybe Brad Hunt slots into one of these uh, right side roles, right? Like I would, I would much rather prefer Brad Hunt on his offside on the right side with Jack Rathbone than say Luke Shen at this point. Yeah. I would honestly go as far to say that I kind of like, I would not mind him with Quinn Hughes for a time. Like Ooh, Hunt is, you want him to play Hunt- top pairing minutes. Not not long term. It's it's an it's just like we said with 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 Shen, right? Where it's it's fine for a while, but if you're playing them eighty two games that way, then you have a pro- a bigger problem on your hands than than that. Um, the way I look when I've from what I've seen from Brad Hunt in the preseason, I've seen a guy who is very steady. He's not a big risk taker, and he's not a big like a uh, high risk taker. I should say. He is very good at finding the very low risk plays and making them happen. Like there was the one play in the Calgary game that I'll I uh, that I can't forget where he had the puck in his own at his blue line. Again, not a guy who's normally known for scoring prowess, and he quick and he saw the lane to the net and he took it and he made a good and he made a good scoring chance out of it. Um, he he strikes me as a good fit as the the safety net guy, as the guy who can sit. On, who can sit back and let Quinn Hughes do his thing, but will take his opportunity if there's a good, if only if a good one pops up, if he just, you absolutely have to take that chance. Um, 
the problem of course being that again he's a left he's a left defenseman and he's a lefty defenseman and yeah Travis Green doesn't like to play guys on their off wing if he can if he's willing to let that go I could see a scenario where maybe Hughes and Hunt start together for a bit and see how that goes um just because again I like the I like the stay at home aspect I but if that's not something they want to do but if they're willing to make to make that move Jack Rothbone is a good fit. It's that uh, it's the uh, the younger guy playing with the with the steady with the steady defensive defenseman that makes a good a good a whole lot of sense. And I think as a third pairing, as a third pairing, Rathbone and Hunt would be a very good choice. Yeah, and for you know the depth guys like Yo Levy and ba- I thought Massa Bowie played okay last night. Uh, I, yeah, but I think both bad. those guys are are on the outside looking in at this point, right? Like it's gonna take it's gonna take injuries for either Olio Levy or Massa Bowie to get into the the uh, top six, you know, it's, it's weird because I think I would have agreed with you like uh, earlier in the preseason or like right at the start of training camp. But, and you, if you remember, we did the whole scratch, the whole, who's going, going to leave first. Like who's probably on the first uh, tr- bus back to Abbotsford. We, we had Bowie on that list and he's still here and playing very well. So I honestly think he might have, he's like a bad on- cold. Can't get rid of him. He's a bad cold, but he's but a good one, but somehow also a good cold because he's doing well. <laughs> like he's actually looked surprisingly good. Like there was the one play I think he set up. What was it? He set up I think Nick Patan a few games ago where he d- made that great pass. Like he looked actually so he was surprisingly good of late. Him and uh, Kyle Burrows are two guys who have been actually like I would say exceeding expectations for what they were what they bring to the table. And right now I'm kind of looking at like. I think Ole Ulevi is, is the most in trouble, not just because of he hasn't had a good training camp, but also the left side defense is clearly has a, a set good four. Like there's a good, a solid four options there. With the right side, I do see a scenario where potentially Luke Shen finds his way down to Abbotsford and maybe you keep one of Bur- you keep Burroughs and Bowie for a longer term stay. Because right now, it kind of looks like th- those two are getting a lot more ice time and a lot more opportunities than I think either of us expected coming into training camp in the preseason. So for them to still be here and actually doing okay, they might a- they might be on they might actually be one of like the surprise opening night choices for Travis Green. Yeah, and uh, of course last night it was also uh, Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes's first preseason games for the Vancouver Canucks, much anticipated preseason debuts for Elias Pettersson and Quinn Hughes. And we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But first, I want to talk to you about Built Bar. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There is something truly for everyone. You talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. I personally like the orange, strawberry, coconut, cherry barcia. They got a good mix of classic flavors and more exotic flavors for you. If you haven't tried all the flavors, guess what? You can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're very healthy for you. They have 17 to 18 grams of protein, only four to five grams of sugar. They're all amazing flavors. They're all tasty, and they're all very healthy for you. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 50% off at Built.com. This episode is also brought to you by betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back 
for another football season. And as always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, Bet Online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, hockey, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Okay, so last night was Elias Patterson and Quinn Hughes' first preseason games, and I think for the most part, they played pretty well. I don't think they looked like they they missed a beat. Obviously, Quinn Hughes took that early penalty uh, that led to, eventually, you know, after Zach McEwen penalty, led to uh, the Oilers' five-on-three. Maybe a bit of a preseason rust there with the penalty, but he didn't end up scoring a goal, so it's hard to... When you, when you score a goal, even if you take a penalty, in my opinion, it's hard to it's hard to fault that. It's you know you can look past that. Especially it was a nice goal too, right right off the point bomb from the point. Great to see Quinn Hughes' shot did, still still, did still the bomb those, from the point. Did you not miss those goals? Yeah. I sure did. I, yeah, I sure it, did. Yeah, it was uh, it was tough watching you know some of these other defensemen try and shoot from the point uh, in the preseason. Yeah. Well, they, you know what? They're they're okay, but they're not Quinn Hughes good. And, they're not uh, Quinn Hughes good. I've gotten to the point with the Canucks, especially the Canucks. I feel like they're a team that leans uh, far too heavily on the we're going to pass it back to the defenseman and try and shoot through the sea of skates in front. And they, I, I feel like there's a whole zone in front, like a whole zone out in front of the slot, like the high slot that they just almost, I feel like they never take a shot in like from at any point. It's always has to be up there. Weird deflection out in front and sometimes and hope it goes. Uh, Quinn Hughes is the only guy who can usually get away with that with regularity and he does it well. Um, yeah, for his first game back, he looked very good. He had a goal. He, he, he looked, he didn't, he, I mean, what do you expect? It's Quinn Hughes, right? Like you, I don't think, I think, you know, some of us expected the rust, a little bit of rust there. Um, but for him to come out and play just, you know, basically vintage Quinn Hughes for the most part, with the exception of that early penalty, like that's what you that's what I think the biggest concern for most people was going uh in the time right now was like it wasn't just about the contract getting done it was about the how long does this drag out and how does this affect his game because we've seen it before with some players where the contract extension talks hold hold on for go out for a little too long they end up coming back in the season feels like a bit of a a bit of a like it, it feels like they lost a year like they because just all because they literally sat out for had to sit they sat out for but again we to- i mentioned this on the podcast before these guys are professionals they're not coming to training camp to get in shape right they've been practicing right. on their own they know what to do they were practicing in michigan when they're waiting for new contracts so well, i mean sure. there was a bit of preseason rust i think with with the early penalty but other than that quinn hughes like it doesn't look like he's missed a beat nope it doesn't and that's and that was and that means that the, that's another like sigh of relief that everybody can take. Like everyone can take a deep breath and be like, okay, we got them back. They're looking good. They're looking okay. Uh, I know Elias Pettersson was, was going to be, was an interesting one. Cause that's his first game back since uh, March, I want to say, or April, like around there for, prior to the, uh, the, the, the COVID outbreak uh, for sure. And you know, like you, you don't expect him necessarily to come in and set the world on fire immediately considering how long it's been the injuries he's, the injury he dealt with and all the contract stuff on top of that. Like that's a whole lot of stress for one kid to take on all in one year on like a less than a calendar year, frankly. And 
Oh, he looked good. He looked good. He had the he made the great play and he made the great shot that Nick Batan deflected in front. Uh, Canucks and the the Canucks were in that game very, very whole lot to do with the fact that they had Hughes and Patterson in that game. Like I don't know about you, but if that game if they're not in the lineup for that game, it's it's probably a bloodbath, right? Like I don't think well, it's they're a losing by they're losing by more than two goals. I'll say that. Yeah, they, they were directly involved in two goals. They were directly involved with two goals and in a lineup that didn't have Bo Horvat, that didn't have, uh, I don't believe had Tanner Pearson or Nils no, Brock Besser. In there. Or, yeah, or Brock Besser or Brock. Yeah, for sure. JT Miller, I don't think played either. Connor Garland didn't play like a lot of guys. A lot of your normal guys did not play that game. They won solely based on the fact that Quinn Hughes and Elias Patterson were in the lineup. Patterson, who, by the way, uh, we talked about in our last episode about captains. Somebody was wearing an A. Somebody, uh, somebody had an you A called on there. It. You called it. I did. It might be a just a preseason thing because again, Horvat wasn't playing, so they didn't have a regular captain on the ice. But I don't think that's uh But I don't think Travis Green takes that like even a preseason uh, assistant captain assignment uh, lightly. I think that's a. I think that's a little bit of a tipping of a of a tip in the cap of hey, this is a this is a leader. This is a guy you listen to in our locker room if you're a young guy. So. Hey, maybe, maybe he's going to get that permanently. We'll I see. think he's got a, I think he's got a good shot, Lachlan. I think he's got a good shot. And you know what? I, I'd be kicking myself if we didn't talk about quickly, our boy, Nick Batan scoring. Look, he's going to make your boy, gonna, your boy, Nick okay, or my boy, Nick Batan. He's making, he's going to be in the, in the he's going to be one of the 12 forwards to start the season. I think that's, I think that's oh, pretty clear. Well, right? He scored, okay. he scored, a, he scored a couple of goals in the preseason. They're trying him out on the penalty kill. So they clearly have some idea for what they want him to do. Uh, it, it when if he does make the roster, I think he's got a good shot. I think he's got okay. a very good shot to make the team. So let me ask you this then. Okay, if you believe that he's making the team, he's one of the twelve forwards. That's not only so. Not we're not even just talking about on the on the roster. Uh, in the press box, you think opening night roster? He's playing against Edmonton mm. in Edmonton. Okay, then I'll ask you this: Where is if you're putting him? Where are you putting him in this group? Considering we've talked about the top nine and how relatively set that group looks like, are you putting him in that fourth line or are you sending him elsewhere? Are you going to make a big, take a big risk here? Are you, are you sending him elsewhere in that lineup? I think he, I think he's going to play fourth line and he's going to get some second power play time as well. That's my, okay. that's my official prediction. I don't you know think about the penalty kill thing. I don't think that sticks, but I think fourth line, second power play. But do you not have to be like a good, like a decent penalty killer to play fourth line? Like, cause that kind of feels like that, especially considering what we've seen. Well, no, no, it looks like Giuseppe's making the team, right? So he's going to be one of the penalty killers. He, looks like Matthew Dowling, Highmore is going to be, yeah. yeah, Dowling, Highmore. They're going to be making the team as well. So I think, you know, well, those guys are going to be penalty killing. Well, that's the key. Well, and that's the key, right? Because like right now, that because like we just I think Dow like I said I think Dowling's making the team I think he's your fourth center because Patan's a winger because or is Patana is Patana center sorry he's, is he he's gonna play the wing he's gonna play wing okay so that means he that means it's it's down to him it's Di Giuseppe it's Highmore and Patan because you already know the nine the nine in front so I get so right now the theory is I guess essentially that you have to beat you have to beat out if Patan wants to make the team he has to beat out Highmore. Or I think is his best shot. Like Di Giuseppe's got a really good, I think is very he's much. He's got a spot locked up. Pretty as locked up as it can be, right? Like because of how his penalty killing prowess and how he's a very good defensive guy. 
that's so if Batan wants to make the team, he's going to have to beat out Highmore to do it. And so far, I would say if we're talking on points and goal and total and like total offensive contribution, then yeah, Batan should make it over Highmore. I think the problem is that, yeah, you only got that one spot left. And if you need the penalty killing the way the Canucks do, Batan's got to really got to got to show he can kill some penalties. He, looks so he might have preseason. to ask he Travis scored. Green. He scored in preseason. I know, but there's no room for him for for scores at the in the top three. So in the top six, so you gotta you gotta he's gotta make it work elsewhere. He's gotta he's gotta go to Travis Green and practice today uh, if they've got practice or tomorrow and go, Coach, I want to try penalty kill. Give me a penalty. No, here's what kill. you tell Let's him. Here's go. what you tell him. Here's what you tell him. Look, Nick Bondi of Locked On Canucks <laughs> is guaranteeing that I'm gonna be in the, on the opening night roster. Let's make it happen. That's what I he's got to say. I thought you're gonna be like you're gonna you're gonna be like oh he should go up to the coach and be like look this Tanner Pearson guy he's a scrub he's old news I'm maybe Nick you should Patan. do that maybe you should do that too I'm, I'm prime Nick primetime Patan <laughs> I like that primetime Patan like I want to get I I want to be in the lineup now like that's my team now yeah, like, so we've got two ideas yeah. for for merch now Nick Patan Stan and primetime Patan both Nick Patan shirts we can you're be just, we can we can be the, just, the Canucks podcast that just corners just the market be, on Nick Patan merch. You're going to open like a clothing store on like commercial or like Robson or something like right in like the prime shopping district. Uh, and it's just going to be Patan merch. Like it's just going to be it's just going to be all Patan stuff all the time. <laughs> Do you have you know any, what? You, yeah, you got to find your niche. Bolton? Get out. Like, <laughs> yeah, just but do you have any you know, Elias Patterson jersey? No, just Nick Patan. Secur- Sorry. Uh, security. Uh, come come escort this person out of here. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah, no, Nick Patan, I think, has a, has a good shot of, of making this roster, but still uh, a lot of a lot of decisions to make for Travis Green and the coaching staff. And I think this Saturday game uh, against the Edmonton Oilers, we're going to see pretty close to what the opening night uh, lineup is going to be for the Vancouver Canucks. So uh, that'll be that'll be interesting to see. But that has it for today's episode of Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Once again. Thank you for making Locked On Connects your first listen of the day. Uh, Just a little programming update. We will be taking uh, Thanksgiving off, so no episode on Monday on Canadian Thanksgiving. Enjoy some turkey with your family. Enjoy some quality time with your family. We'll be back on Tuesday with our regularly scheduled programming. And before you go anywhere, make sure your second listen of the day is Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Scott Colin leans on his decades of fantasy hockey insight and experience every day to help you be the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available on all platforms. Once again, this is Locked On Canucks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for listening.